0: And welcome to yet another edition of Hunter Gathers, the podcast of Hunter S. Thompson stories and broadcasting from our studios on Historic Magazine Street in New Orleans, a place where our subject of today was well known besides Hunter Thompson. I'm Christopher Tidmore, joined on the shores of Maine by our host, Curtis Robinson. And Curtis, it is a Gulf Coast kind of Hunter Thompson type of show today. Um, We're honoring the close friendship between Hunter and Hunter. And one pirate.
1: Yes, yes. Jimmy Buffett left us. Left us, and um, he'd been uh, sick for some time. And you heard rumors, but uh, you always just you always just tried to put them out of the back of your head. Uh, Yeah, it's uh, uh, his demise will be greatly felt everywhere. But of course, he was a member in good standing of uh, God's own
0: nation. And most people don't realize this, about how close he and Hunter was. In fact, as I remember, there are many, many stories. At one point, Hunter hid out at Jimmy's house. On-
1: yeah, well, yes, yeah, hid out, I was, it, always, always hiding out. But, yeah, it, it's been pretty well documented. Uh, he, well, the one thing I really, I mean, it's a personal thing, and it's a trivial thing, but I, I regret that I never got to talk to Jimmy Buffett about uh Ah, uh, the legendary Hunter S. Thompson phone bill. He stayed at Jimmy's house for some time back in the day. We'll say this might have been the '70s or '80s. It is. It's as background. Jimmy Buffett, uh, w- before he was famous, well before he was famous, uh, sort of uh, toggled back and forth between Key West and Aspen. This would have been in the '70s. And he's, he tells the story many times. He got invited to, to Hunter's house. He was a big fan. And you got to remember the 70s, Jimmy Buffett, you know, wrangled an invitation to Hunter Thompson's house. And then he, you know, and then he, of course, he hit a big Margaritaville was, I think, 77.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And, and so he was doing that. But, but a, part of that was that uh, uh, in the 80s, right after Jimmy had, hit a big, uh, uh, Hunter would, was there a bit. And Hunter had a, um, we'll say, love interest, perhaps uh, a friend in the Middle East, and he would call her and rent up a monstrous long distance bill. Someone, the younger people will have to get someone to explain to them what long distance charges are. But uh, let us just say became, in 1981,
0: 1982, this wasn't a couple hundred dollars. This was
1: thousands no, no, of no. Dollars. There was definitely at least one comma in the uh, in the tab. And I understand it went back and forth for some time, but yeah, it was, um, you know, they, they, uh, uh, Hunter really was a Key West person. There, there, are, you can do a tour of Hunter Thompson in Key West, where they would take you around to the different places. And he would, he didn't, he didn't live there, but he he was there a bunch. I think uh, uh, he was hiding out there during a divorce uh, or something of that nature. And, you know, there's some some of the best footage that Wayne Ewing film, Wayne Ewing films, of course, Wayne has the best hunter footage ever. But some of his best hunter footage for, is from the Keys, you know, on the boats and it, people who have ever seen the documentary Gonzo. The, the, there's a scene that haunts everyone of Hunter being on the boat. He's on a fishing boat with dolphins swimming with him. Those were not trained dolphins. That was uh, Hunter in Key West. And you know, and he he was there quite a bit, but that that was that was part of the uh, Key West thing, and and you know, part of it, and it, and they go in and out. I mean, they did so much in those in the seventies. Hunter and Buffett and the Eagles. Jimmy Buffett opened for the Eagles in the seventies. That was one of his breaks, if you will, uh, to open for the Eagles, and that's why you know the Eagles, of course, were well known in uh, uh, Asp, but they they all lived there. So I, you know, at one time in Aspen, you could, you know, you could you could go out to a club and hear Jimmy Buffett and and uh, Willie Nelson and the Eagles. You know, it was that kind of place in the seventies. In fact, one of the great videos of all time for this kind of thing is uh, from Grassroots TV in Aspen, Colorado, nineteen seventy seven. Hunter Thompson did a, um, Hunter did a, I think it was a book thing. Uh, but he did a uh, Q and A at uh, Aspen High School, and at the end of it, he brought out his musical guests, and it was Jimmy Buffett doing a uh, rendition of Margaritaville, which I imagine then was a
0: fairly new song. Uh, he would customize the lyrics. Yeah, customize the lyrics, and it, it, you know, and, and the and the great words of Jimmy Buffett. Funny you should mention that. Because we happen to have the customized verse. Now, we won't play all oh, of Margaritaville. Oh, good,
1: good, good. Well, you've done your research.
0: Yeah, we, we, we won't play all of Margaritaville um, because you know how the sound goes and we don't want to get sued. However, the part that he rewrote for, uh, for Hunter Thompson is kind of very classic Jimmy Buffett and classic Hunter Thompson. And so let me say this. classic
1: 1977 anyway. Aspen.
0: So you have to understand, Hunter has just been on stage... It, you can go, uh, the video is actually on YouTube, just put high, Aspen High School, 1977, Hunter Thompson, Jimmy Buffett. And you. he's just been on stage, he's just finished his talk making the comparison that cocaine is like having three beers, just a lot more expensive. Um, it it kind of goes dark, and he introduces Jimmy Buffett, to come in. So that's the context. This has been going on, Hunter talking about cocaine, for about 10 minutes, on and off and throughout
1: and, and, and for those listening, for the voice backing him up, yes, that's Glenn Fry.
0: Yes. So just just wait on that. Jimmy comes in. He starts the conventional first verse of Margaritaville, just like we all says. And then he transitions to something, let me say, a tad bit different. Let's hear it.
2: I blew out my flip-flops, stepped on a pop-top. I cut my heel, had to cruise on back home. God, I still feel pain. Wish I had some cocaine, but that's been gone since early this morning. Wasting away again in Margaritaville Searching for my lost sugar soul. Some people claim that there's a woman to blame But I know it's all Hunter
0: That it's nobody's fault. Yeah, it's kinda um uh catches your attention, doesn't it? <laughs> That's a little different. It reminds me that nineteen
1: seventy-seven was very, very early nineteen eighties.
0: <laughs> i mean this is the, the the drug of choice of the upper they were generation.
1: early maybe they were early adopters or maybe he was just making a rhetorical reference we don't know we can't prove anything uh, but you know the interview was very interesting uh, the interview part of that's very interesting for hunter fans because he he talks about cocaine he talks about uh you know cocaine is uh nine percent insurance and ten percent high because you, yeah. you know uh for, for for the safety factor and um yeah that that it's very very interesting i, I found that to be that's one of my my favorite interviews of that time just simply because it is so casual uh about di- about different things and you know he he's clearly taking it seriously but casually and and there it is but you know i only met buffett once um uh, and oddly enough you know considering key west and aspen i met him in um at a very very fancy new york party in manhattan put on by Graydon carter that had to be oh i'm thinking it was probably in the 80s mm-hmm. no it would have to be it would have to be after that but have to be in the 90s i'm, I'm thinking I'm my, my mind stuck in that but uh i met i met him at one of the, the book parties you know it, it it's an extremely interesting part and and we should mention that that he also had a song you know hunter did a an album Collection of his favorite songs, and one of the selections was Jimmy Buffett's "Why Don't We Get Drunk." It's called uh, "Where Were We When the Fun Stopped," <laughs> you know. And in those days, I mean, they had they yeah. had a softball team. Uh, Jimmy Buffett had a softball team or played on a softball team. I don't know if you considered it him it called the Down Valley Doughboys, and they were sponsored by Corona beer. And Corona would give them uh, four cases of beer before every game. It was a different. It was a different time, I guess. And that, you know you think about you know hundred those guys It's just you know one more of them
0: well, and yeah, also, I, I, you know, I was thinking about comparisons because there's so many stories about the two of them and their conversations and their friendships. What's interesting is they're both very deep wordsmiths. so but their most famous words that they write are not the things they're the most proud of. If you actually follow Jimmy Buffett, you know that he wrote these incredibly, unbelievable songs that are not part of the major catalogs. You can find them very easily, but they weren't as famous stuff. If you go to Hunter, some of his favorite things he wrote are not the Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. It's, it's, it's other things. They have that in common. What they loved the most was not the most appreciated. Though they never they, they understood the mythos they created. They understood the character that they were playing and they're gonna play that character because it made money, which is the other element of all of this. They both were incredible businessmen. We think about them as these two men who get drunk, get stoned, get thus, and they, we forget that Buffett was a br- Buffett becomes head becomes a singer because he's the guy who's renting the instruments and he has he's he's he, it's on his credit card because he's the only one who can afford a credit card. So he starts planning the gigs and he's an incredible businessman. He talks about this in interviews. We forget that Hunter, for all of his personal travails, understands how to sell the options on his work. He understands how to you know the, if not making the movie making the the rights to that, how to be able to market himself both as a character and a place. And that's the part of the story that a lot of people just say, oh, he's talking about cocaine, he's talking about tequila, and they're not really paying attention to the people behind the mythos.
1: Yeah, Jimmy Buffett wrote a song, if I could just get it on paper, that I consider, you know, when I make my list of, you know, the the great writer's songs, that's one of them. Of course, he studied journalism, he he was a writer, he wrote some best-selling books himself, he, he he himself was a novelist it would have been interesting to see if if the novels would have done as well if they weren't jimmy buffett novels but i i think they might have they're really a rollicking good time you make a good point about personas i mean jimmy buffett was you know that guy i think i think both of them were were close to their public perceptions and embrace them but uh you know i think hunter's Ralph Duke, if Hunter were here, would say, "Yeah, well, his had the same name, <laughs> but, uh, but I, it, would, it would be a good point." But, but that's a that's a good point, and you know, and I I think that's probably true of a lot of folks, don't you? That that kind of what's popular and accessible, and and if we're lucky, it leads people into the the deeper stuff, the um you know, the the Hell's Angels stuff, and the and of course, as you and I would say, the the very insightful political writing.
0: Yeah, the, 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 the campaign trail stuff, the 72 book and so on and so forth, which is the, the serious fans control. And so the same thing with Buffett. I mean, I remember reading one of, one of his short stories once. It was brilliantly crafted, and it was I think he would written it for Playboy or something originally, and you're thinking, this is Jimmy Buffett, but you, you realize what a brilliant... He, in another life, Jimmy Buffett is probably not known as a musician. He's known as a writer. And in another life, you know, who knows what Hunter Thompson is known as, but it's it's probably some variation on that. They share a lot of other things. Jimmy Buffett was, did go to college, but he they both were some people who didn't follow conventional pathways into their professions.
1: Well, uh, I wonder if Jimmy Buffett, I wonder if he wrote his song that I love so much called Death of an Unpopular Poet. Mm-hmm. I wonder if he, I, 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 I should know that, but I don't. I'll, I'll look it up. But I mean, that's just such a wonderful song. No any of the songs with captain tony (laughs) and i just love so much but it was uh uh but yeah you know it was it was a loss for for gonzo nation i'll say that and and we'll Well, he he will he will be severely missed it's um
0: well and it's kind of funny one of his last big performances what if if and this is one other parallel i hate to throw in a, a little local color but i am in new orleans One of Hunter's last visits, of course, is with you and the others in New Orleans. One of Jimmy's last performances is going to be Jazz Fest two years ago in New Orleans. And he's going to do this incredible concert. And I'm standing there with a lot of Hunter Thompson enthusiasts watching this. And that's, I think he does one or two, but basically that's his last big performance. He doesn't commit suicide or anything, but it's the sort of ending of this story isn't it, is within well, you, about a, a mile of each other, you know. So, what? Are you saying New Orleans is bad luck? I'm what saying you, well, I'm saying New say Orleans makes you live high, fast, and die young. Well, <laughs> well they, they,
1: they, you know, it, it, they, those, those boys had a good run, I guess, but that was, I'd forgotten about that. That's one of the few concerts I saw of Jimmy Buffett.
0: Uh-huh. Um, yeah. That's why I was th- wondering when you were going to bring it up, you were there.
1: <laughs> it's like, but... um. I might have questioned it. I might have have misplaced it. Yeah, it was.
0: Yeah.
1: uh, What a great night. I remember
0: uh,
1: running in I think that's the night I ran into Tim Mooney, who was uh, Tim Mooney's an Aspen resident. And he was on the softball teams and ran through through all of that. But it was it was fun because when uh, Jimmy Buffett was in town, I would run into so many of my friends from Aspen.
0: But you know it's kind of funny as well and which is the, the kind of funny is playing this whole thing Curtis Robinson in this episode they shared one other thing they they both were men who liked to have conversations with people they they both were kind of private people in a, in, a, in a strange sort of way but at the same time they liked to just go occasionally incognito to a bar and not be their persona and talk to people and get to know people and I've, I've I, know, I have about three friends who ended up running into Jimmy Buffett at first, not realizing it because he wasn't dressed as Jimmy Buffett, and chatting with him, and he didn't bring out. They kind of figured it out, just like they figured people who'd figured out Hunter Thompson. But it was sort of they liked to understand the world around them. They didn't get insulated too too much by their celebrity beyond the fact that sometimes you just have to be because the world can be crazy. And um, I find that I find that it's an interesting parallel between the two of them. So.
1: That's true. That's true. And, and, and they both, uh, uh, you know, they both wore their, their fame fairly well, as much as you could. I mean, Jimmy Buffett, of course, became, I'm sure it was very difficult to, to run around Jimmy Buffett. But, you know, when I met him, I mean, you know, he could still, you know, uh, incognito, he could, he could probably move around okay. But I, I think that that diminished as, you know, because he just kept going up.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, and I, I put out that one of his most famous songs was written by somebody else about him who was a fan and called him and said, you know, I wrote a song about you. You want to hear it? And uh, it kind of goes, And they write the same, Well, what would Jimmy Buffett do? And Jimmy Buffett said, OK, I'll, I'll play it with you. And it became one of his last big hits. That's five o'clock somewhere. And so, you know. Uh, yes yeah so i, yes. I love that jimmy story
1: do? i'll <laughs> tell you what ask you living your life by asking yourself what would jimmy buffett do or, or what would hunter s thompson do you know be cautious of that commitment
0: <laughs> oh what a way to go um so jimmy buffett left us uh it was uh not exactly a surprise people knew he was sick but it's it still it was amazing i've never seen even when hunter died and i've i've told the story of where i was you've told the story of where you are so many people have but even when hunter died it it wasn't quite the effect when jimmy buffett died it it, it it appropriately it was almost labor day and the entire country essentially starts having jimmy buffett day instead of labor day they they had um, barbecues with margaritas and the was whole works. Suggested
1: that he went suspiciously close to Labor Day weekend. <laughs> yeah, it was like
0: if you had to have your holiday. I mean, if Jimmy Buffett dies at Christmas, it's not you're not going to have barbecues all over the place in the country. Of course, I was amused yeah. by the fact that it was. There were um, all across the country. They were warning, "Don't have Jimmy Buffett barbecues because it's a fire notice." And it was the highest precipitation um, a day uh, Labor Day weekend that we've had in a hundred years.
1: Yes, yes,
0: <laughs>
1: there it was. It was. Um, yeah, we'll 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 miss those guys. And uh, uh, the the one thing I would also throw out that uh, you know everybody will remember. Well, not every. A lot of people will remember where they were when they heard that Buffett had passed. But I remember um, talking to his friend uh, Carl Holtz, who's who's been on the show, mm-hmm. the the New York Times uh, writer that many many will remember. And uh, uh, we were having a conversation about that, and someone there pointed out that if he's not touring, something's wrong, because he was out every summer. And you know that that's one of the things people loved about
0: it. He played. He loved his fans. He loved being around his fans. He loved he 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 loved being Jimmy Buffett. Um, it's you know, and, and even Hunter sometimes couldn't always say that. But Jimmy Buffett loved being the pirate, you know, who had passed forty. You know, that kind of thing. Yeah, so,
1: you know, Hunter always loved being Hunter. He just didn't sometimes like being Raoul Duke.
0: That's true. That's a that's a good way of putting it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like this. Uh, well, I mean, it's, somebody, I, it somebody you once made the comment. He said um, people thought they were going when they would go to Owl Farm, They they're going into this Bacchalarian festival, and yeah, there's a lot of drinking, there's a lot of drugs, but there's also a conversation about Bible verses at two o'clock in the morning by a bunch of agnostics, and and in, in, uh, going on for an hour or two because Hunter knew the Bible and so did some of his classroom friends. And they're saying, wait, this is not the Raul Duke that we've read about. They're not the same person. That's that's no, kind of there,
1: there. It was uh it was always it was always uh, it was always a breath. There was a breath of, of thought. There was uh, uh there was that and you and you see that you see that so much in the in the Buffett catalogue as well. Uh everything from the party songs to the thoughtful songs to uh you know Hiding out by the Sea of Cortez with all the references to Faulkner,
0: because uh, I'm I'm going to place this last thing. You want to okay, understand Jimmy, Jimmy Buffett? Jimmy you want to you want to You want to understand Jimmy Buffett? We think of we Key West. You got to remember he's a kid from Mississippi, and that yes, plays so we'll, everything. Uh, yeah.
1: All right, you can play us out, and we'll say goodbye, Jimmy Buffett.
0: All right. On that note.
2: Down around Biloxi Pretty girls are dancing In the sea They all look like Sisters in the ocean The ball will water and the storms will blow from off towards New Orleans Sun shines on the sea air is filled with vapor. From the sea The ball will dig A pool beside the ocean He sees creatures From his dream Underwater And the sun will set from out towards New Orleans. can find Or will fill his pail with salty water, and storms will blow from us.